Hello, everybody. So welcome back to another episode of the Curiosity Didn't Kill podcast. We're doing something a little bit different today, and I'm super, super excited to have my friend Amber here with me. Amber is a local artist. Y'all can check her out at Amber's Artistic Expressions. And today we're going to be talking about spooky, scary ghost stories. And Amber's got some crazy ones. So I haven't heard any of these. So I'm right here along with y'all for this ride. Amber, whenever you're ready, take it away. (laughs) Hey, so I've got a lot of spooky stories and uh, the majority of them uh, revolve around this house that I lived in Um, whenever I was about 10 years old. Well, I guess I moved in around, yeah, around 10. I was starting third grade. So my mom and my stepdad decided we were moving to Hidalgo, Illinois, which is a very small town. They found an amazing deal on this huge two-story brick house with a wraparound porch. It was built in the 1800s, whenever Abraham Lincoln was president, and it was actually cannonball proof. And you could look in the brick and see actual fingerprints. Even crazier is there was these old photos of the original owners of this home that the Phillips is who was originally had got the home built for them. So it was John, Sarah, and George. Oh, it makes my heart race. Um, These old spooky, huge photos were hanging up in the house, you know, and I'll never forget, I guess the ghost stuff really started when I went to the post office on my bike and the lady at the post office said, once again, my heart, my embracing. So she said, um, you know what happened in that house, right? The reason why it's so cheap. It's almost like a a movie set. I mean, the way this plays out. And she basically said that there'd been a a murder suicide in the home. Oh my God. The story was that John, the father had shot his wife, Sarah, while she was in bed and then killed himself. And then their son, George shot himself in my old bedroom. Oh my God. Most of it was beautifully intact, but my mother was like getting a lot of antiques. You know, we got the closet tub and we were restoring some of the upstairs. That's whenever the disturbances really started getting extreme. So at 10 years old, of course, I'm freaked the hell out because this lady telling me these morbid stories. So um, the first thing that I guess that just gives me complete heebie-jeebies is when we were moving in, you know, we had the old school video camera with the little tapes. And did your parents at this point have any idea or just you because the lady told you? They, they kind of had an inkling, but they were skeptics, you know, they're not into paranormal. They're more religious. So nothing was disclosed when they bought it, right? No, I don't know. I mean, maybe a little bit, but I don't know if they knew the extent of it because Come to find out there were other deaths there as well. There oh. was a battlefield where our pond used to be in the backyard. And the locals would say that you could see ghosts walking across, soldiers walking across this lake. And it was in December when the lake was frozen. But they swore that on a certain day of the year, if you look out there over that pond, you would still see all these ghost soldiers just walking across the pond. Oh it was no locally that this is for sure a very historic, very haunted house. And I think that's why they got such a deal on it because oh my they God. were like, we got like a five, six bedroom house. It's that's amazing. Insane. Yeah, well, that makes me a little nervous because we're looking for a house right now. So I'm like, if any of these are haunted, <laughs> someone let me know. 
Well, the house that I'm currently living in, um, my landlord's mother died in this home about two mm. months us moving in. And I will say that she likes the thermostat set a little warmer than I do mm. and likes to close my door or turn on the lights sometimes. But she was a very sweet lady. You know, she was in her 90s. She loved gardening. And I'm not really necessarily scared of her vibe. Now, this historic home, I, I do think that there were some um, bad entities in the home. Mm. Um, the first EVP that we caught was on that old videotape. And my stepdad was walking through the hall and you hear a little voice, a little girl's voice. And she said, they're in the hall. I don't know why, which makes me think of the movie, The Others and how they were ghosts, but they didn't realize that they were dead. Oh, I love that movie. Yeah. And then there was another EVP at my little sister's birthday party. She was tearing the, the paper off a present and you hear um, someone said, rip it on the side. And then this oh really said, rip it on the side. Get out. Like just, and I mean, this is on like old videotape stuff and we're catching, you know, we took pictures outside in the yard and you may see an actual photo of Miss Sarah dressed head to toe in the same dress she's wearing in the photo um we ended up having ghost hunters come out uh because after i mean i'd been screaming that there was ghosts for a while i would be in my room where george supposedly killed himself and i would hear the violin that they'd placed in the attic playing stomping um three o'clock usually two o'clock in the Wait, morning so was we this violin they owned it and they left it in the house it was, it belonged to George. And I guess whenever he'd passed away, they put it up in the attic. And you guys kept it? <laughs> I guess, it, no, I don't think they ever went into the attic. They were probably too scared. Um, yeah. But it was right above my bedroom where he oh. killed him. And I had the pull string light switch. So when the lights come on at 3 a.m. and that string is swinging back and forth, I was traumatized. I was so scared. I would run downstairs and say, we got ghosts. It's a ghost. No, no, no. Go back to bed. You know, they weren't giving me any time of day, but I was terrified. Um, one time I had a friend stay over and we were sleeping over and I woke up in the middle of the night and I looked toward the foot of my bed and I saw this little girl about three years old, dressed head to toe in an old clothing you know she had her hair curled the little black shoes and everything and I'm like oh my god oh my god so I tapped my friend to wake her up and whenever she opened her eyes and looked over the little girl was already disappeared but it was a full body apparition to where I could see every detail of the little girl's face she was oh just sort god. of transparent yeah so at this point are your your parents are like they believe you and they're they know something's there or are they still skeptics they were pretty much skeptics until we had the ghost hunters come. Um, at that so point, who we like brought them out to the house then? I feel like they did. I feel like at that point, they were starting to realize there was something going on because I had little brothers and sisters. Um, I was kind of an only child for a while. But when my little sister, Emma, was maybe two or three, she just kept pointing and saying, Daddy, Daddy, who's that man on the stairs? Who's that man? Oh. One there and she just kept on kept on you know how kids are they yeah. see something hey look um so that freaked them out you know then my little brother said he had a soldier man in his room that scared him when he was little my grandma and grandfather never believed in ghosts they stayed the night and they were convinced after one night uh, my grandma mm -hmm. said sit on the bed and you would just feel like someone was sitting there 
and she'd look over and, you know, Rick was still asleep. So it's like, what's going on? A lot of times what I would have happen is I would be covered up, scared. My lights are going to come on, you know, and then I would feel a hug and another tug. And then the next thing you know, the covers are completely ripped off of you. Oh my God. That's literally like out of a horror movie. It was, it was so traumatic that I still have dreams about it. The scariest thing that I saw there, um, and and this was when I was kind of getting in more to my teens, and I tried the Ouija board thing. Me and my mm-hmm. friends made, and my mom was having a tougher party downstairs. And I thought to myself, it would be so scary if the lights went off right now. And boom, all the lights went off. Oh we my went, god! And all the lights were on downstairs. They were like, "What do you mean? Everything's fine." And we're like, "No, I promise you that that was scary." Or my sister had a little piano toy with like ding, 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 three little keys. Yeah. And and I said, if there's someone here with us right now, you know, play this little piano. And it went ding, ding, ding. And we were like, God, like we flew out of the house. We were terrified. I used to get off the school bus and it was like the radio would come on by itself. It sounded like people moving furniture upstairs. Oh it gives God. me, I would, I would take off down the road, like just walking until an adult was home because it scared me so badly. Um, yeah, I don't would, blame you. I'd be terrified. Like an actual poltergeist situation. Um, I don't know who the girl was, but I think that the voice we captured was the same little girl that I saw. And that may have been George's daughter. But why is she a little kid ghost? Does that mean that she died when she was young? What's the story about her? Like, I don't have all the details. Yeah. About it all the time, though. Um, it was definitely something. And, you know, not to bring up too much of my past or, you know, I also had an out of body experience around the time, but it was a little different for another time. But um, there was definitely whatever this was the the ghost hunter said, if you see something and it doesn't come to you and say, like, don't be afraid, then you pretty much should be afraid that these entities can take any kind of form and sometimes they will pretend to look like somebody to trick you and, and make you, you know, like almost deceive you. Right. Uh, and I had a, a very hard childhood, especially in that house, uh, um, almost like a poltergeist type dynamic where my stepdad was truly physically abusive to me, mm. my mom and my siblings. So now looking back, you know, retrospect, I'm like, I kind of wonder if maybe whatever entities are in the house, if they attached themselves to them and made them act the way that they did. Um, I know whenever they were trying to sell the house, they tried to rent it. They can't keep people in it. I don't know whatever happened, but for years and years, they've tried to sell it or they'd have college kids stay and they're like, we can't do this. We're too scared. Like, Oh my God. So do they still own it now? I think so. I think they do still own it. Um, if not, they've, I don't know if they ever sold it. I know it's been, but, but yeah, Southern Illinois. And I know there's a lot of very haunted places in Southern Illinois, Kentucky as well. But my, my out of body experience was very much different. Um, instead of being like more of a demonic force, it was very empowering, very enlightening, bright, white, the, the most peace I've ever felt is whenever my body was separated from my, my mind, my Um, mind is having these thoughts and feel like me, but my body's way over here. And physically we know that's impossible. So whatever that was makes me completely comfortable with death. And did this happen 
recently or was this back at that house still or when did that happen I was I was still living at that house and I'd had a mate I got thrown uh, 80 miles an hour I got ejected from the vehicle and I broke my orbital bone and my skull and I was badly bruised but I had a handprint on my leg that was bigger than the size of my hand and the shape of a bruise you know I was wearing an airborne shirt and angel shorts and everyone was just like, I have no idea how you survived this. I mean, but I remember standing next to this light body, watching the car roll and feeling just so, so much indescribable peace. I can't even begin. And I still felt like me, my thoughts were my own and things. But um, and now that I look back on that, I think, well, holy crap, I actually died. Like, yeah. I just unconscious I think that I actually died and came back and and since what's even weirder is since then I haven't seen anything um like I said I kind of got my my ghost lady here but I I haven't physically seen her I've dreamt about her my sister visited and immediately was like who's this lady that lives here oh my god about her and then we looked it up and sure enough she said that's the same lady in this obituary that I saw oh my god so ever but, since that that accident, you haven't seen anything like you think that was like a turning point? It's just it's weird because if I did die and come back to my body, you'd think that I would be seeing physical or, you know, like entities still. I don't know if it's because that house was just I mean, there's obviously multiple spirits in that house. Yeah. Um but I mean, since then I've lived in homes that for sure have had people pass away, you know, and I feel their energy. I know that they're there, but I don't see them. And I don't know why. I don't know why they don't show themselves to me. I'm kind of sad that they don't because it was <laughs> kind of cool. ghost, but um, scary at the same time, you know? Yeah. The scary, when I was getting into the darker stuff and was getting older, um, I saw a, a black shadow turn around like we had a you know big staircase that kind of turned and I was standing over you know out of the way and I saw it kind of come around the way that it's it was just the shoulders and head but it was just like a black smoke and it turned and kind of like looked and I'm like uh-uh so so that was in that same house too yeah it was all all in that house oh my gosh so did was, you see more of like the apparitions from like the the people that used to live there or were there like a bunch of other just dark ominous shadows mixed in? Most of what I I mean I saw the little girl there for sure the full body apparition and with her you could see just as much detail as you and I but transparent. Wow. And it was such time to where I looked and she was there I would try to wake my friend up and she's gone. And then the other one was more of a mist, but the photos that we have, and I'm sure I could still locate some. I'm for sure going to send you some pictures of this old yes, house. Yes, please. That's so wild. I want to see them. Imagine it. But once you see it, you're going to be like, I mean, I always look and see stuff in the windows. Um, but you could take a photo and see a full body apparition of, oh, there's Sarah, there's George, you know, walking around out in the yard. Yeah. It just became a thing, you know. Um before they'd moved out, which I'd already moved on and moved to Kentucky by then, but before they moved out or around that time, they said that there was a black goat with like these big horns and this big raven, like all kinds of weird oh ass creatures. 
start kind of like coming into the house. Like they found these big black birds just hiding out in my old bedroom and stuff. I'm like, there's some deeply twisted, crazy, weird, you know, horror type stuff going on with that house. And like I said, I like, I wake up and I still feel like I'm there. I have visited as an adult, um, probably about 16 years ago. And it was terrifying. It was very eerie because even whenever you don't see them, you feel them all the way. Like whole body gets chills and just thinking about it, I get chills, but they're definitely there. And I don't think they're ever going to go away. Like I I believe that they think that they are a hundred percent alive and that they are living the torment of the way that they died. I mean, it's horrific. It's so sad, but, um, you know, maybe that's why they're stuck because of the way that they died and they have unfinished business in the home. Yeah, for sure. And that's what it fascinates me so much is like, you know, we don't know the like scientific reason like for ghosts and stuff like that. But like, I feel like we're almost there. Like we're on this brink of like some kind of discovery because it's definitely has to do with like energy. And I personally believe it's like emotion And so it's like, it's emotion has two sides of the same coin, right? So like you have like the negative and the positive. So it's like when we're talking about positive emotions, high vibrations, we can start talking about like attraction, law of attraction, manifestation. But I think on the opposite side of that coin, it's the same thing where like, if you have this like immense traumatic experience, like your end of life, you're leaving like like that essence, like like part of that energy in that space. And I just, I, I hope that I get to see in my lifetime some kind of scientific breakthrough where we're like, okay, we can now explain what's going on here. It's just so fascinating. My experience with the car accident, which I did, I had a stranger pick me up and take me to the hospital and they couldn't tell me who dropped me off. I was so confused. They said, honey, we don't know who brought you here. You just came in. And I'm like, but this guy picked me up and let me use his phone and told me to call my mom. And I mean, this is back in like 2001 and he had a cell phone and all he said to me the whole ride was you need to call your mom. And I called her and I said, I've been in a wreck. And she said, I sounded so calm, you know, but I was so wow. comforted. Giant ball of, I mean, and I say giant ball of light because the energy felt that way, but it was just like you and I in a human body form, but it was pure white light embodiment essence. Yeah. Of, and it was the most glorious thing that I've ever experienced. And even crazier is after that accident, um, I felt like my life had changed and my great aunt passed away shortly after mm-hmm. and I was in the past and when she passed away, I felt her spirit leave her body and she never could have children. I had four children and I feel so divinely connected to her, not just as my spirit guide, but I feel a sense of spirit transference because I was in the room and I was going through such a deep, dark time from the emotional and physical abuse and, you know, all, all of this demonic energy that I'd been associated with and around here, I'd yeah. almost died. When she died, it was like a part of her began to live inside of me. And I feel mm-hmm. so deep that it's more than just a spirit ancestor type guide. 
I think um, even in my own kind of twin flame encounter, I see a mirror effect between her and her lifetime partner and me and mine. And I think how strange is that, that I'm living on a different timeline, maybe possibly through her spirit and accomplishing things that she wanted to do before she died and couldn't and is doing it through me. And that's so beautifully empowering to me. I feel like she's always with me in everything that we do and our, our gifts, our talents, you know, being able to use our skills, even the ability to have this conversation and share this kind of knowledge with people who may not be aware of how, you know, ghost, which would, none of us are really familiar with all this, but it's such yeah. interesting stuff. It's such an interesting topic. Like, um, hopefully, uh, we are able to collectively kind of raise the human consciousness by sharing these kind of stories, you know? Yeah, totally. And I think it literally starts with stuff like this, where we just talk about it, you know, or we open the door, have the conversations. Cause I think so many people have these experiences and whether they can't explain it or they try to brush it to the side, like if we just normalize talking about it, then that person could be like, oh, hey, maybe I should talk to somebody and just have the curiosity to explore the unknown. And I loved when you were talking about um, how you feel like she's not only like your spirit guide. So when, as you were talking and saying that, I got like this sense in my solar plexus where it felt like another energy just like got sucked into there. And then, so I really think that's what happened is like when that transference happened, it was like a, a merging. And so like, you are kind of like acting out her like soul desires and that you, if you have like a parallel, um, soul journey together well I've always been an old very kind of eclectic soul you know I've always had kind of my own fashion sense I'm not really you know a faller I'm more of like a trendsetter you know yeah. and I think that uniqueness is um is really interesting too because she was such an old soul hippie at heart and there's been so many times that I like see something that I shouldn't remember or recognize mm -hmm. or I'll hear, you know, random song and it takes me back to a time when I was with her. And it's like this kinship thing where I know that somehow maybe I did experience the 1940s, 1950s. And I'm just remembering because of, ooh, yes, because yeah. of the experience. Like, and I am understanding it as I'm saying it piece by piece. Sometimes because we don't always express these things, they're just kind of stuck inside and we just, you know, what do you do with all of that? All yeah. that information? You have to let it out. You have to let people know. Exactly. And even just speaking it, like you hearing yourself say it helps you better process it and better understand it. Cause like when it's in our brain, we're like, it's a thought and we're just like, yeah, okay. Like it's a thing. But then to say it out loud, you believe yourself more than anybody else. So then you hear it and you're like, now I understand. Now it's like clicking, the light bulbs are going off. So I'm loving that just even talking about it, you're like, not only is it kind of like giving you that light bulb moment, but like you feel it, like you can feel it in your body. Yeah. From your head to your toes, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Just full body chills. <laughs> I mean, we are a hundred percent energy and, um, energy doesn't die. And I think the fact that there are so many ghost stories and visions and all of this paranormal, you know, there's something to it. 
to to not acknowledge that there's life after death or to think that you know we're die we just are buried like no you know i think death and life are so connected and it's such a beautiful like yin yang the fact that we get to live the fact that we get to die mm-hmm. you know we're legacy we've got children that are going to live on through us you know and and our job is to help others you know and just share love and and be here at this time and that's that's a beautiful thing in itself you know there's a lot of people that didn't get to wake up today that don't yeah. have a place to live that don't have you know goals ambition strengths courage love um i think it's all inside of us the more i grow and learn it's always back to self you know and to have time for reflection and solitude helps you to kind of come to center and be able to go back out into the world for me i'm kind of such an introvert how people see me as being so expressive and you know like i'm extroverted but only to an extent you know when i'm tired permit lady and i go into (laughs) space and then whenever i'm ready i'm gonna bust back out you know Mm -hmm. when i'm but we have to have that space so that we can kind of go within and you know, otherwise to me, it gets very overwhelming. Energy can be too much if you're sensitive to it, you know? Yeah, no, totally. We have to go back and recharge. Yeah. Certain people that you, you know, can't necessarily be around and same with the energies being around malevolent demonic type energies was truly scary. I was horrified, like in the movies, you know, and then there were some that I don't think were evil. I don't think that little girl meant any harm. I think she was scared and very confused and lost. And I still think about her every day. Oh, yeah. I don't know what her story was. I just wish I I knew, you know, that's so wild. I wonder if you could go back and like, whether you look in the archives or even just nowadays, Google, like the address, I wonder if anything would come up with names or maybe who she was. When I looked at the address, I did find a lot of pictures and stuff of where it's been for sale, but I really couldn't find any information on the original owners. Mm. Um, I'm sure I could if I went to the post office was so tiny there. Hidalgo, Illinois had like maybe a population of 100 people, 150 people. Oh, wow. (laughs) book machine and like a little resale shop there was a bridge you know I rode my bike a lot I'd go visit my friends and I had this dog Blossom she was part chow and bright red and she would just follow me everywhere Mm -hmm. you know there there were a lot of good times um I just I think it's really weird that I don't see ghosts anymore and I don't know why I've had plenty of dreams about those that passed away and meeting with them and waking up feeling like we visited that happens a lot but I don't see them not with my physical eye anymore yeah that is interesting especially since you said that you would be open to it because usually when that happens i think we're closed off where we're like we're either scared or we're just like not interested but if you're saying like yeah that would be cool then I yeah that that's yeah that's interesting i don't know i know that my grandmother has seen ghosts um mainly people that she's had passed away that were close to her she said everyone's visited her i don't mm-hmm. think my aunt marion has visited though and that made her sad and that's the one i was talking about um but it's just it's really strange to me how she wasn't able to have kids and i have four children and it had i died in that accident like everyone said you know you should have yeah then 
I wouldn't have been able to experience having children either, you know, and I never would have had anything in life really, I mean, of significance or to be happy about because my childhood was so awful, you know, for so long that it was really kind of a sad existence whenever Mm. she died. And then it was like, boom, almost an immediate transformation. Like, of course I still had to go through, you know, a lot of hard stuff and like coming up as a teenager, but I became a young mother and, you know, just stayed focused and goal oriented and do my best, you know, yeah. and try to live my life the best of my ability. Yeah. Well, you're killing it. <laughs> no, it's, um, it's been an uphill climb for sure. But I think what's interesting to me is that people who have, uh, any kind of trauma and, you know, it, it's amazing to me what you're capable of becoming because of that had you not Mm -hmm. went through that then you wouldn't be able to appreciate whenever you do have abundance in your life so it's incredible to look around and be like man I'm blessed you know I woke up today and I have everything that I've wanted and prayed for and manifested and dreamt and here we are you know now what no now what's the next thing yeah what What else can I overcome (laughs) I'm ready for it Yeah. Well, and I love that you have that mindset and you view it that way. Cause really like, I think oftentimes trauma is talked about, written about, it's just like this negative looming thing. And not to say that what you went through wasn't bad. Like, obviously it's bad and it was hard, but that is like who you are, what shaped you, what molded you. And that's like what made you resilient. So a lot of the time, like I'll like tell people like the, the incidents that happened and the, the things that you overcame, those are like your superpowers. Those are your unique experiences that most people don't have because it didn't happen to anyone else the way it happened to you and the way that you processed it. So like use that, like those are really your strengths. That's like your superpower. True, true alchemy, you know, because you can have two brothers, you know, that maybe have the same past and one of them does really great and is a successful businessman where the other one's you know, living on the streets yep. and, oh, and it, a lot of it is mindset and perception. And uh, for example, my son's 17 and he's like, Oh, I don't need to call about a job, blah, blah, blah. They'll call me. No. I said, you need to wake up and be motivated and show them that you are going to do this. Mm-hmm. He said, there is no try not to steal Yoda's quote, but you don't try. You do. You yeah. just do it. Yeah. Once something do it. Yeah. And, and, and once you get that, concept there's no limitations and you know as a kid everyone's like you can be whatever you want when you grow up you know I wanted to be an artist whenever I was a little girl yeah when I want to I grow up I just want to paint pictures I want to be an artist when I grow up so then now I'm like oh my gosh wow you know and I'm blessed by that but at the same time you know I have to wake up and put my big girl pants on and go to my nine to two job or whatever and take care of responsibilities too. And it's, it's about motivation, you know, a lot of it and the perspective. Yeah. No, you said it so good. You hit the nail on the head. That's literally everything. I love the quote that success achievement, it's literally 5% having a plan and 95% mindset. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. 
Well, thank you so much for sharing your stories. That was genuinely, well, one, spooky, but then two, also really lightning. And I'm so glad that we got to talk about like mindset and empowerment. So we got to leave the people with some good, yummy knowledge vibes. And until next time, guys, catch the next episode. Bye.